0: This has nothing to do with the message, but so I, I um, have a birthday next month and I am turning 28, which means I am really getting old. And part of that is back there when I was clicking slides, I like really threw out my back. So if um, you see me like doing weird stuff, I'm, I'm struggling up here, but I think I'll be all right. Got the stool if I need it. But anyway, uh, Happy New Year everybody, it's good to see everyone, and Happy New Year and Merry Christmas, because if you didn't notice, we are still in the Christmas series. Um, We have at least this week and next week, and then who knows, maybe it'll be a bonus Christmas week in two weeks from now. Uh, But I wanted to stay in the Christmas series for more than just Christmas Day, Uh, and there's a few things that went into that. Um, first of all, Christmas isn't just a day. It isn't just a week. Christmas, the Christmas story that we have and that we're puzzle piecing together took place over truly many, many months and actually years um, as what we're going to be looking at today uh, could have actually occurred up to two years after the birth of Jesus. So um, it, it doesn't make sense to, to keep it all just in one week or leading up to Christmas. There's the post-Christmas story uh, as well. So um, might feel weird to still be singing Christmas songs, but that's, that's where we're at. Uh, so leading up to, to where we're at today, we had um, a lot going on. And the title of the, of the series is Christmas in the Storm because there's just been so many problems. The Christmas story has just been riddled with problems time after time after time. It has not gone smooth Um, and we looked at from the very beginning where an angel came to Mary and and said that she was gonna have a baby and just um, what the conflict might have been in that and we saw uh, an angel come to Zechariah and tell him that he was gonna have a baby and what was his reaction it was it was unbelief and we saw the fallout of that of him not being able to speak um, and just time after time, just running into problems, running into problems, and um, even at the, at the birth of Jesus, when there was, they, they couldn't find a, a place at an inn, and they had to have their their child in a stable, basically in a barn, and the Savior of the world, Jesus, the Lord, put down in a manger in an animal trough. So, we've covered a lot and we ended. We ended last. Well, we weren't here last week, but the week before, um, with Jesus being born. So we're going to pick up right after that, which is going to be in Matthew chapter two. If you want to follow along, you can open your Bible. You can open your phone. Um, I do. I won't have it on the screen. So uh, if you want to read it, you'll have to. You'll have to get there. But before we do um, I, today we're going to be talking about gifts that's what that's what the message is going to be on good gifts bad gifts unnecessary gifts giving gifts receiving gifts did i say gifts enough i'm going to say it a lot more Uh, but gifts get different when when you grow up uh one of my christmas highlights this year a pair of pants but not just any pants really really awesome pants they're they're just like these except they have fleece on the inside and anytime you put them on it's like you're just rock in your pajamas, but you get to go to church in them, you get to go to work in them, it's great, highly recommend, um, fleece-lined pants, uh, yeah, so, but as you get older, you also realize that there's gifts that you don't need, and oftentimes don't even want, or maybe you, you want it, and you like it, but it just doesn't work for you, maybe it doesn't fit you, uh, I decided to return a number of things this year that either didn't fit, I didn't need, or I didn't like. And um, I was just curious, who here returned a gift that they had gotten for Christmas this year, or is planning to return one? Wow, am I the only one? (laughs) Okay, Does anyone want to share what they returned? What did you return? They didn't fit, okay. Yeah. Oh, come on, Dad. So she returned those and got more support. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, okay. Well, that works out. Yeah, She got what she needed. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a, a few things on my list. I have uh, sweatpants, which, um, real, real briefly, I had gotten a pair of sweatpants, medium, which is my size, and they ran large, they were basically larges, so I was like, hey, I'm really sorry, you think we can return these? We did, we actually exchanged them, got another pair, which also came as medium, uh, so we returned those ones, and I finally got the right size. Uh, but anyway, there's, there's a lot of gifts that, that we get that just seem, seem unnecessary, unusable, things that just don't make sense for us to get. Anyway, let's pray, and then we'll look at Matthew chapter 2 and see what kind of gifts were given uh, in the Christmas story. Dear God, thanks again for letting us be here. Thank you for your word, for your scripture, and just that it, is, that it is breathed out by you, that it is your word, and that we can hold fast to that, that we can know that it's true because we know that you are true. Um, I pray that your spirit is here, that that it allows me to speak your words that you want spoken and, um, that everyone's able to hear what you want heard. Um, just maybe let us look at gifts in a different way. Look at our belongings in a slightly different way. Um, and maybe use everything to glorify you. Thank you. Amen. So we are in Matthew chapter two, and we're going to start right at verse one. So And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. from you, For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Verse 7. Then... So, obviously, today we're going to be talking about the wise men and their gifts. But first, I want to define what a gift is. And we're going to be defining a few different words here today. Uh, the first one is gift, which is a thing given willingly to someone without payment, a present. And I'll repeat that one more time a thing given willingly to someone without payment. A present. Um, So we'll we'll probably we we might get back to that uh, a little bit later. But uh, let's talk about the wise men first. How many wise men were there? We don't know. Uh, Maybe there was three. Maybe there was two. Maybe there was fifteen. The Bible doesn't tell us, and that's okay. We don't need to know. It's not really necessary. Uh, But obviously, it's commonly thought of as three. Uh, and I think that's because there were three gifts given. Um, and I a lot of us probably know the terms, gold, frankincense, myrrh, just by heart. But I think maybe we don't all know exactly what gold, frankincense, and myrrh are. I certainly didn't. Um, I, I, I knew a little bit about them, but it, I enjoyed uh, learning about it and, and writing this message to get a better understanding of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But, can you answer me something? What is a baby going to do with gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Yeah. Well, if I'm Jesus, whenever I get older, I'll still have them and I'll give it to other people because I like to be charitable. Jesus. Sorry, what? I, <laughs> oh, I said Jesus would have been charitable. so yeah. uh, uh. Yeah, thanks. It was more of a rhetorical question, but to you also, haven't you? Ah, oh, okay. So you're answering in a real way, yes. But, like, what does a baby need gold, frankincense, and myrrh for, though? Like, to me, it just seems like a really weird gift to give a child. Like, I have a niece who's two years old. I have a niece that's one-year-old. I gave them gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Do you know what I would be doing? I would essentially just be wasting really valuable resource, because the baby's not going to care, baby's not going to know what it is, baby's not going to know what to do with it, and most likely, the baby's going to destroy it, right? Like, couldn't the wise men have gotten like a pacifier or something like that for the baby? I don't Maybe that wasn't a thing back then. But why gold, frankincense and myrrh? And we're going to get right back to that. But remember, we were talking about bad gifting. And this kind of seems like a bad gift. But I will say that my grandma was the queen of bad gifts. Uh, Not for me. But she had bought her husband, my grandpa, a motorcycle cover one time, which doesn't seem like a bad gift, right? That's, That's valuable. It keeps the motorcycle clean, keeps it protected. That's actually a great gift, unless you're buying it for somebody that doesn't have a motorcycle, which was my grandpa did not have a motorcycle. Um, so why would she do that? Apparently, my grandpa just returned every gift that ever got given to him. And knowing that, she just got him something that, that he knew he wasn't gonna use. And at first, giving a baby gold frankincense and myrrh seems like a pretty bad gift. But I wanna look at the gold frankincense and myrrh. I wanna explore what they are and why they're actually extremely appropriate gifts to have given to Jesus. Um, And I first want to say that I don't know if the wise men knew just how symbolic these gifts would become. Uh, I think that it's very possible that um, they just simply wanted to give the family gifts of extreme value, which goes into what Luke was saying, um, using it to to move locations to pay for things. Um, And and maybe that is what they used it for functionally. But uh, all three of these things would have been considered extremely valuable at this time. And here's what a quick Google search said. In equivalent to today's prices, a pound of frankincense was worth about $500 a pound. A pound of myrrh was about $4,000 a pound. Um, and obviously gold's always been very valuable and still is. Uh, today, frankincense and myrrh are both worth about $15 a pound. So we can't quite really relate to the frankincense and myrrh side of things as it's not valuable anymore. But at the time, it really was. Uh, so symbolically looking back, though, the gifts were so fitting for Jesus. Uh, and let's, let's just go one, one by one, starting with gold. Um, it's probably the most self-explanatory, but that's a, gold is a gift that's fit for a king. Like When you think of gold, it really has a, a royal feel to it, something that represents the best of the best. And even in today's society, what does gold mean? Well, it means that you're number one. If you're thinking in the Olympics, if you are the gold medal winner, you're number one. You are the best, the highest. So we have gold, which seems to point out Jesus' kingship, his lordship. Next, let's talk about frankincense, which I honestly had to look up what frankincense was used for. um, And it's traditionally used in worship. Uh, And here's what the Logos app says about frankincense. I might not pronounce everything correct. But it's a fragrant resin from a type of tree which is native to the southern Arabian Peninsula in northeast Africa. In the ancient world, the substance was used as a perfume and a, as a spice. It was valuable and expensive luxury good. In the Old Testament, frankincense is an ingredient in the incense burned in the tabernacle and is added to some of the grain offerings. Now, I want to look at the grain offering right here. Looking at Leviticus two, just um, verses just verses one and two, if you don't want to turn to that, that's fine, but it says, "When anyone brings a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour. He shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it. there it is, and put frankincense on it, and bring it to Aaron's son the priest, and he shall take it from, he shall take from it." a handful of fine flour and oil with all of its frankincense and the priest shall burn this as its memorial portion on the altar, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So here in Leviticus and and from the description of it from the Logos app, we see that frankincense is oftentimes used in worship and in making offerings um, to the Lord. And how does it describe this offering? It says, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. And I just really like the way that's written and just kind of what that makes you think of of God just breathing in the aroma that's coming off of these offerings. And um, that when people were participating in this practice of giving something up to the Lord, it was a pleasing aroma to him. In church here on Sundays, we're currently discussing giving and being a good steward of the blessings that you have in your life. And um, obviously, we don't do grain offerings anymore. But wouldn't it just be awesome to be able to lift something up to the Lord, to be part of raising a pleasant aroma up to the heavens? Probably not a literal aroma like the frankincense was, but something that you can still offer for the Lord to use, offer up to God that pleases Him. It would be not only something that we should do, but it's something that we must do. We must make offerings to the Lord. He calls us to give. He gives us so much, and uh, we have to turn around and use that for God. We have to give back to God. <clears throat> the, the guy that was speaking at church, uh, he was really clear to say that there's ways to give also that aren't just financial. Ways to use your literal things, your literal gifts, to help others and to bring joy to others and to share with others and use it to bring people closer together and set up um, people and just culture that allows for um, just fellowship. And he explained how he had used his Xbox in high school, (coughs) or college, but I think it was high school, to bring people together. (coughs) And uh, what I think is most interesting about that is he could have usually, he could have certainly used the same exact gift, his Xbox, to do the total opposite of what he was doing. And, and we know that because a lot of people do that. He could have just used his Xbox just to himself, you know, not went out of his room, just played in his room by himself, just entrenched with his video game and spending time on it. But that's not what he did. He wanted to use it to share with other people and to spend time with other people. And that opened up opportunities um, to pray for them and have conversations with them. Uh, so... it might be hard, it might be a hard idea to use your things for other people, but I have a feeling that when you start using your stuff to benefit others, use your stuff as an offering to raise up to the Lord, to create an aroma that's pleasant to God, I think there's a good chance that you're going to enjoy it a lot more than if you were just to hold it to yourself. Another reference to the message that it was just a few weeks ago here. Um, does anyone remember what Pastor Shad said he got for his birthday um, when he was a kid? Yeah. Pants. <laughs> yeah, no, he did. he did get pants, yes. Uh, I think that was for Christmas. But he had talked about a birthday when he had gotten a Mars rover. And it was awesome. And it had six wheels. It might have been a moon rover. It was some sort of planet rover. Although the moon is not a planet. But anyway, I'm sidetracking. Um, he got this awesome car. And he said he could climb over everything. And it looked awesome. And it was so much fun. And everybody wanted to play with it. And you know what he did? He didn't let anybody play with it. He kept it to himself. He kept it safe. Until finally he was in a position where there wasn't anyone around to, to use his Mars rover. And he opened it and he used it by himself. And he said he would have had so much more fun if he would have used it with other people instead of just being selfish with it and holding it just to himself, even though at the time that's what he thought he wanted the most. So yes, he he was afraid that somebody was going to break it. And yes, your stuff might get returned broken if you lend it out. If you let someone else use it, it might break while they're using it. It might not get returned in the best condition. An example of this in my life is um, when I was in high school, I did track for three years, and I had track spikes, but my senior year, I didn't do track, but I kept these spikes in perfect condition. Three years, you wouldn't even know they were used for a day. And I lent them out to my friend and for my senior year, so he could use them. And when he returned them, they were so broken. I don't know what he did to my spikes, but like the plastic on the bottom of it was just cracked Um, and they they were virtually unusable spikes after that. So yeah, they broke. Is that really a big deal? Because the truth is, I probably wouldn't have ever used them anyway after that. So you can use, oh, I don't want anything to happen to this as an excuse, but... Or are called to use what we have for the Lord. So I have in here, I got wildly off track here. I did, I got wildly off track. But frankincense, I don't know if the wise men had any of this in mind when they gave it to Jesus, but I love that they, that they still gave it to him and that symbolically it can just represent Jesus being God. As a, a gift, a worship, an aroma. That's pleasing. So we had gold, which was an awesome symbol of royalty. Frankincense, it's frankincense, which can represent Jesus being God. And finally, we have myrrh. And again, what's myrrh? I didn't know. I turned to the Logos app yet again. And this is a great time to plug the Logos app. If you don't have it, um, it's a really great app um, that just has a ton of information on it. And the idea of it is to work just like a study Bible. So if if you have a study Bible, you know the benefit of it, that you can be reading something, not understand it, and then just go straight down to um, the study section where (coughs) where people have things written out about the verses that you just read. And that's such a valuable tool. Uh, A lot of times when I'm not using a study Bible or using the Logos app, I'll be looking at my phone and I won't understand something that I just read, or I'll be confused, or I'll be like, what does that actually mean? And I find myself having to get out of the Bible app, open Google, type in, what does this verse mean? And then I'm sorting through things that might be good, might be bad, and um, so I, I'd strongly recommend that if you don't have a study Bible, download the Logos app. There's a free version of it, that's what I have, and it's, it's such a great benefit for you as you're reading the Bible. So anyway, myrrh. What is myrrh? Uh, According to the Logos app, again, might not pronounce everything right, it is a balsamic gum from the plant, comifora, myrrh, which is native to southern Arabia and northern uh, Somaliland. The residue secretes from the tree or is exuded artificially and can be used in its liquid state as an oil. It can also be hardened into a resin for incense. Uh, If you're like me, you still don't know what it is. Uh, But we'll we'll get to see here in a a verse in in John one way that myrrh was used. Uh, It seems like it's actually quite similar to frankincense in some ways but there's a specific use of it in the Bible that makes this gift mean so much. Um, In John 19.39, it says, Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. So myrrh not only was a gift at not the birth of Jesus, but when Jesus was a baby, myrrh was also used for Jesus' death, where Nicodemus had taken cloth and put myrrh on it and wrapped it around Jesus. The wise men, either knowingly or unknowingly, got three gifts that helped tell the story of Jesus. He was a king, he was a God. He, he was God. And he died. And he died for us. Obviously, this isn't the full story, but the symbolic nature of the gifts, I think, can be so meaningful and so powerful. To see Jesus as a baby get these three gifts that recognize his lordship, his kingship, his divinity, and his death on the cross for us. So yes, initially, it might seem like a bad gift to give a baby gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it is actually a bad gift to get a baby gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it's a great gift to give Jesus, to show and tell the story of Jesus. Jesus. In a second, um, we're going to split up into small groups of three or four. And um, I don't have any discussion questions, but there is something that I want you guys to discuss. And that's what is a gift that you've gotten, either? What's a gift that you've gotten for Christmas, or what is something you have that you need to start using for the Lord in some capacity? And that could look like a, a lot of different things. And if you don't know what that could look like, feel free to open up in the discussion about it and just be like, look, I want to start using my material items for God, but what does that even look like? Um, Let that be part of the conversation. (coughs) So um, one of the gifts you got or something that you have, how can you use it for the Lord? Um, Just one example, one pretty dramatic example of it (coughs) is there was a time in my life where i didn't have a car and if you don't if you've been at a point where you don't have a car but you have a job and you have a life you can know how stressful that is and i was <clears throat> i was really down and i remember i showed up to uh Ryan's actually who was having a fire and i basically got there and i just started pouring out my soul to my friends and uh my friend one of my friends he was like well, we have a car that that we don't need to use. Do you want to use it? And I said, oh, you need to check with your wife before you can just go offering me to use your car. And probably about two minutes later, he said, just checked with her. You can use it. And they, they literally gave me this car and said, don't rush. Take your time. Use it for as long as you need to. And that's a really big deal. And that made a really big difference in my life, um, especially at that time, but just it's something that I'll always carry with me is this way that I saw my friends using their material items for God. For me, but you know, in a, in a God-honoring way, in a way that glorifies the Lord. So, um, like I said, it could look like a number of things, just what I want you guys to talk about. And then after that... Um, you guys can pray for each other uh, we never force anybody to pray so if that's something you're uncomfortable with feel free to just say hey I'm uncomfortable with that this time but um, even if you are uncomfortable I encourage you to do it but you're not going to be forced to do it so I'm going to pray and then we'll split up in groups of three or four we'll have that discussion and then pray for each other dear God thanks again for your word and for your truth thank you for all the gifts that you've given us, which is every good thing that we have because all good gifts are from you. Thank you for your blessings that they abound in our lives, but let us not just use them selfishly. Let us not just hold them all to ourselves, but help us to use it to glorify you. Let us use it to bring people closer to you, to show people your love, to have fellowship with people help us to be creative in the use of our items let us be generous thank you for being generous towards us amen alright you guys can split up (coughs) groups of three or four Um, and we have 40 minutes so no rush